0: Out a handsome little fox, let me sing you folks a yum. Hey, diddle dee, daddle da, doddle do, doodle dum. Was a splendid little fella, fella with and grace and charm. Say, zippee zee zappy-za, yappy-o, doodle-dum. Well, like any little critter needing middles for his good Well, he stole, and he cheated, and he lied just to survive. With a doodle-dum, diddle-die, doodle-diddle-doodle. Oh zippy-zay, zappy Zippy-zow, zippy-zay, zoop doo dah doo doo-dah-dee do, do do, do. Let me take a little tick now to colour in the scene Cross the valley lift the yoke's name at Boggis, Punks and Beans Now these three crazy Jackies had a her hero on the run Shot the tail off the cuss with a fox-shooting gun But that stylish little fox was as clever as a whip Took as quick as a gopher, that was half a rack tail. Now those three farmers sit where there's a hole, bus once a hill. Singing diddle dee, dang da, do 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 dum. And as far as I can reckon, they're sitting up there still singing zippy zy, zappy za, yappy Are you singing Petey? Just just making it up as I as I went along, really. That's just weak songwriting. You wrote a
1: bad song, Petey. I love to be recording. Hello, fantastic Mr. Fox here. I like to kill chickens for
2: my family. Are you also having a midlife crisis? <laughs> oh, he's different. I, he's different from me, and that's what makes uh, him so fantastic. I, I don't know, Piggy. I think I need to go back to the swamp. Get back to my roots. Oh, Piggy, I can't afford this tree. I'm gonna have to make one of the actors who played Dumbledore really angry in order to pay for this tree. Piggy, I'm disappointed in Robin. He's not accomplishing
3: anything. I am a demolitions expert. That's supposed to be Sam Eagle. Oh, Oh, okay, okay.
1: (laughs) Ah, my name is Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to catch minnows,
2: yeah. Are you cussing to me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good gonzo. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, you would, uh, if if Big Dave ever steps down from the role of Gonzo that he's played for, like, 40 years, Justin, I nominate you. Big Dave! You hear that, Dave? I'm coming
2: after you! Dave,
1: I'm coming at Because I watched, uh, after our Muppets episode, I watched Muppets Most Wanted, finally. Uh, good little flick. I enjoyed it. And um, yes, I was like... Yeah, like
2: I said, like, it's pretty solid. Pretty good.
1: It has a lot of the same issues as the first one is that, like, why are yeah. the humans singing all the songs? But also the songs were really good. Why is so Jeremy I'm only Clement
2: like, in this for more than a scene.
1: Why does this um movie end with a song from a different Muppets movie instead of its own song? That kind of bothers me., uh, but also, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good jokes <laughs> in it. Uh, but anyway, oh, the, yeah. the reason I brought it up was I was like, wow, whoever they have playing Gonzo is, like, doing a really good job. It sounds just like Gonzo. And then you check the credits, and you're like, oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> it's no. the same fucking <laughs> guy. That's good. It's Gonzo sounds it's exactly the Gonzo. same, just, like, tired. He just sounds, like, a little, he sounds a little worn out. I We
3: talked about this a little bit in the pre-record um, uh, of the Muppet movie, I think it was. Um, I finally saw Little Shop of Horrors for the first time. Really? And I did. Oh. I saw it for the first time, and Frank I like, Oz's
1: Little Shop of Horrors,
3: and I was like, "Oh, that was a fun little movie. I get what the,
2: I get why people were into it." And then I got curious. Frank Oz is an underrated comedy director. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. he has a very good sense of humor. But then I got 100%. curious, and I was
3: like, "I want to see this uh, alternate ending everyone talks about." And oh. I watched the alternate ending. And then, like, after I picked my fucking jaw off the floor, I was like, why would you cut that? What the hell? And then I found out they showed it to two test audiences. And the two test audiences, they saw that whole sequence with, like, the the planet being overtaken... By the 2s. And twos. like the army
1: guys fighting the huge plants.
3: Yes. And yeah. the, the like there's the, they're yeah, just it was like, like
2: what a twenty five million dollar sequence? Yes. It looks so expensive. And there's it looks so
1: many so giant Audrey good. twos. They destroy so many buildings. And the test um, audiences that saw that were like they saw all that and they're like I don't like that Rick Moranis died. <laughs> it's like <laughs>
0: Even though that's
2: the original ending of the show. Yes.
1: And I assume the original Roger Corbin movie as well. I just assume. Um,
3: I saw the, like, back before, uh, back in the before times, I saw the Flaming Lips in concert. And I don't know if you guys know anything about the Flaming Lips, but they put on big, elaborate concerts. They had mm-hmm. confetti cannons and then they uh, had balloons drop onto the crowd and then the balloons would pop and there was confetti inside the balloons and it was all that's this, awesome like and they had a giant video screen at one point uh, Wayne Coyne, the lead singer got into this giant like hamster ball and rolled out onto the crowd and like the crowd was moshing him but he was in this giant hamster ball thing. And then like this is one of the most amazing concerts I've, it's, it was the most amazing concert I've ever seen in my life. And then we're walking out and I'm talking to one of my buddies and I'm like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "I don't like balloons." It's like, "Shut up, you test audience for
2: Little Shop of Horrors." Like, what's Shut the matter up.
3: with you? Yeah, you absolutely. went
2: into a movie about giant killer plants. How do you not, How do you want it to end is, "Ooh, they moved to a nice house in the <laughs> suburbs." <laughs>
1: Yeah, she gets to live her like better homes and living lifestyle that she always gets.
2: Yeah. Had. Literally like one of the worst things to come out of the fifties, American suburbia. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Instead of like the um you know, what would be demanded by like the Comics Code Authority or the or the original like um film authority that it was like no. Rick Moranis has done bad things, and he deserves karmic punishment by being eaten by the big plant that he turned into a monster.
3: I don't like this ending that... He got greedy. I don't like this ending that cost $25 million. I want the ending that cost (laughs) (laughs) $3,000. It's all all on
1: pre-made sets. Yes. Um,
3: Yeah, I want Jim Belushi.
1: I demand Jim Belushi. (laughs) I must have my Jim Belushi. Uh, yeah, but Little Shop rules. Audrey 2 is the greatest prop in the history of cinema. Like, it oh, is, like, yeah. an incredible creation. And it's still, like, I, I know kind of how they managed, like, the unbelievable lip movement and things like that. There's a lot of, like, very clever practical tricks that, of course, Frank Oz would know. But it really is astounding to just, like, watch it move and understand it is a real thing occupying mm-hmm. literal space like, like uh all of the characters in this movie oh
3: shit guys i'm sorry real real quick i gotta i gotta uh, pause one second i'm sorry
1: gotta pause like yeah. the pause on the hands of the fantastic mr fox oh
3: god this is these are great segues but i got one second i'll be right back
1: <laughs> okay i'll keep recording that's you right want.
2: folks we're like I, oh Oh, oh, you, oh, you smell that, guys! Smell that. mm mmm. It's that. It's that Criterion smell. Oh, we're we're we're, we're a... pop open the champagne and oh, and uh, spoon out the caviar. We're, we're watching high boutique movies now.
1: Yeah, that's right. We're artists, you know. We watch big, artful movies with with things to say and and themes. Now that's who we are. The sweet smell of. Apple cider, delicious, alcoholic apple cider as it as it mm, floods through your 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 cranial passages and and you you can experience heart craft. Yes, craft craft macaroni and movie. And it's it's it, it's it's uh, incredible. Uh, we were, of course, as you've seen. That, that, in that's the, actually
2: the, that's actually a really good name for a different podcast.
1: Craft <laughs> macaroni and movie you pair different you you do art. you so you every week you make blue box craft macaroni and cheese but you add some new fixin to it you know to 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 spice it up so like sometimes you cut it you put some veggies in there you know you put some onions and peps Mm. and a little a little hot sauce or like you you make these like variants uh there's hot dogs yeah, hearty, uh, like gravy uh, mac and cheese, you know, like different, different combinations, and you mm. pair it with uh, yeah. the movie, so it is, it is a culinary experience as well as a cinematic one. But it does have to be Kraft Blue Box macaroni and cheese.
2: Yes, th- that has to be the base of this innovation of dinner and a movie. Yes,
1: exactly. And I I think we are uh, fucking on to something here. And uh, it would pre- be pretty low cost production wise. Just by just spending 12 cents on craft macaroni and cheese um, and then whatever whatever fixins you are yeah. you are adding into there. Ooh, you make like a buffalo chicken mac and cheese? Mhm. Mm, yeah, okay. or,
2: or, or no, here, or you do a greek macaroni and cheese with like feta. Yes. And like capers.
1: Yeah, feta, capers, a little spinach, uh, zumzatziki for a little flavor.
2: Ooh. Um, oh, you do you, you do like a gyro bowl? Yeah. Oh, darling. Okay,
1: cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> cut this out. We're gonna we're gonna cut we're this gonna out. Save... No, 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 no. It's too late. We're doing it. We're doing we're it. Gonna, <laughs> we're we gotta save this gold. We uh, gotta save this gold. But uh, yes, we are. Uh, we're just gonna continue on until until Vern is back. <laughs> um, not. Uh, yeah. We, we are talking about. Uh Wes Anderson's first animated feature, The Fantastic Mr Fox. Now by law, for whatever reason, every single Wes Anderson movie will end up in the Criterion Collection. Uh it it every <laughs> single one. They're all in there. There's like one Coppola movie in the Criterion Collection. There's two Michael Bay movies in the
2: Criterion Collection. Uh, although, although, although that was in the early years when the Criterion was still kind of figuring itself out. Yeah, when they it were did, like, it did some dumb stuff when it was a kid, and it's uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's to, and, and it it's it kind moved of moved on.
2: out. It's
1: grown up a little bit, and yeah. uh, but it is like when they were like, can we just release like regular movies? Like, do we do we have to do like highbrow art with all these special features? No, we can't. We can't just do Michael Bay movie. Okay, okay, okay. But they did yeah. choose the two best Michael Bay movies to release.
0: The they Rock did. and
1: Armageddon. They, uh, they 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 got in while the gettin was good, and they got out pre the island. And I gotta mm-hmm. respect them for it.
2: Yeah. Well, like it. Well, it does help that uh, Wes Anderson does have Mister Criterion's a uh, son hostage trapped uh, <laughs> on an island,
1: hostage in a boutique jail.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No. A yeah, nineteenth no, uh, Vichy France chair. Yeah. Um, he's tied
1: <laughs> up with like real boutique like ribbons and thread yeah yeah,
2: satin scarves and
1: an an unbelievably symmetrical jail cell uh everyone's made all the wes anderson jokes i okay justin while Vern is gone what what are your thoughts on wes anderson in general how much how much of his filmography have you experienced
2: Um, some, uh, I don't know if it's the majority, but, uh, I've seen this, Isle of Dogs, Rushmore, um, the Ten of Bombs, and, god, what's it, uh, the- Have you seen Grand Budapest? Budapest Hotel. Yes! Okay,
1: I was like, oh, if Justin has not seen Grand Budapest, I will feel, uh, very remiss. Because that feels like maybe the West that you would glom onto- most strongly maybe i'm getting a that's a wrong not lead there. Th- it's
2: this one this is the one that i love like I, I i am a huge sucker for animation the and like like just like I, I i love adult animation which i i would count this as adult animation this well that is the question <laughs> is not really for
1: children <laughs> that, is, that is, i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for Vern to get back to to put in the question i hope we can answer <laughs> this episode two questions actually
2: this, so 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 the central question of this movie of this episode is going to be is this in fact a movie for babies i have a, my my question comes in to two which parts. i would answer no i don't think wes anderson has ever liked children <laughs> i think they're he thinks they're i'm sure he thinks they're too chaotic they're too messy they've got you know jam on their face and hands uh they're messing up his <laughs> dioramas now you say that, uh, but he is
1: pretty fascinated and fixated on childhood, like as a storyteller, right? Because he doesn't understand them. Uh, I I understand. I, I get you. But like Moonrise Kingdom is a really tender movie about youth and childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it obviously oh, through yes. like that, that, a,
2: I saw that one too, and it, it's very cute.
1: It's very cute. It's I like it. Um, and uh, Rushmore is obviously about that. Many of his movies are about. The damage that a a poor childhood can have on someone. See Royal Tannenbaums. and uh, my favorite which,
3: Darjeeling Limited.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, Royal
3: guys. I no, it's okay. I the the thing I want more, the thing I want most out of my life uh, uh, on this planet, the thing I've wanted more than anything is to make good art. Uh, not even good art, but just like make fun art, make art that people enjoy. And the one thing that the world around me does not want is for me to make art. And uh, oh, <laughs> ben, we've been sitting oh, here my. shooting the fucking shit for so long. Uh, we finally hit record. And then my dog gives me that like, if we do not go outside in one second, I will shit all over everything you own. <laughs> Yelp. <laughs> I gotta drop Reagan. everything I'm doing. Just I've like
2: just like actual Reagan. Been, just
3: like real Ronnie. Been looking forward to this call. Been looking forward to talking about this movie. And then, I take my dog outside. And here's the thing. When you are a dog, the entire outside world is your bathroom. But my dog has to find the one specific blade of grass she likes to shit on. And, like, could you imagine, like... Going to a a public restroom, and there's, like, ten stalls, and they're all completely unoccupied. They're all completely free. There's no one in the bathroom, and they're all spot-free. And you're pinching off a prairie dog, and you're like, "Ah, Nah, do I want the third one, or do I want the fourth one? Ah, Let's see here. Like, you just go! Just go! Go shit anywhere! It's fine! It's fine! (laughs) And, uh, it's it's annoying. I'm sorry, y'all. It's okay.
1: It's okay. It's,
3: It's okay. I've been looking forward to this and like the 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 record button on my audio device uh not only activates the recording on my audio device but it also activates her digestional track and yeah, just like shit. I got to shit right fucking now okay anyway I wish I had a blueberry full of sleeping well, no. powder
1: and
3: <laughs> <laughs> It's all good it's all right I don't mind starting mm-hmm. yeah. this podcast that I'm on 15 minutes into it it's
1: all good it's okay you were you were here for a while you haven't been gone that long uh we were we were just uh uh shooting the shit about old wes yeah uh so i i have seen the whole wes anderson filmography this is actually my second time watching this movie this year um early in quarantine my long-suffering girlfriend and i uh had these like you know, mo- weekends were for the movies, and and we would we would watch different things on different days. And for a while, Friday night was like let's work our way through the selective filmographies of different directors. Uh, and so we started with Wes, and we did like the the ones that I like. We did like the good ones because I'm not big on Bottle Rocket. Uh, sorry, Vern, I I'm not big on Darjeeling. So we skipped those, but we did. Uh, Rushmore, which actually kicked it off, like accidentally, I showed I showed a Rushmore for the first time, and Rushmore rules. Absolutely. Rushmore is a great film. Um, we did Royal, which like I'm always waiting for Royal Tannenbaums bombs to like kick in for me. It's a little too lethargic uh, for me. It it there's no pace to it, uh, which I feels intentional, but makes it a little boring. Uh, but uh, we did well, Grand it's Budapest. Very, it's very
2: much like a character study
1: yes and we did uh, grand budapest which is a masterpiece a perfect film uh as as close as it comes to it the movie rules uh and we did uh, fantastic mr fox which has been my number two slot for a long time and then we threw it out Vern threw it out as like a possible november suggestion and i was like hell yeah that's yes. fantastic mr fox again
2: <laughs> hell
1: yes dude it it feels maybe not a thanksgiving movie but it definitely feels like a fall movie
2: Oh it's the most uh, Oh cuz it, cuz it's the colors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you the know, whole
1: color palette is yellows and reds and oranges. Everyone's it's a beautiful skin movie. tone, everyone's clothes. It's what it's a it's a very beautiful uh hand cl- uh stop motion animated film. It's beautiful. Uh I I know
3: that uh Kevin you are not a fan of Darjeeling Limited. I know that most people are not a fan of Darjeeling Limited. <laughs> Um, I rewatched it uh, for the a millionth time recently, and uh, I love that movie. It's my favorite of the Wes Anderson filmography. And one of the things I really like about that movie is the metaphors in that movie and the symbolism in that movie is so ham-fisted and so, like, like kind of dumb. Um, and normally that is a detriment to a movie, To have such, like, ham-fistedness in it. Uh, But when your movie is about three completely broken, dumb main characters, Mm -hmm. uh, it absolutely works. And, you know, so, like... And I think in any other movie, you know, the characters being like, we haven't found where we are yet. And that being profound to them uh, is kind of dumb. But in the Darjeeling Limited, it works because they're so broken, And, uh, you know, like, Owen Wilson in that movie is literally covered in bandages, because he's literally, like, broken inside. (laughs) It's so ham-fisted and so dumb, but, like, Mm -hmm. it just, for me, it totally works. Uh, I, I love that movie. Um, I was a big, big, big fan of Wes Anderson for a long time, and he's never, I don't think he's ever made a bad movie, but... He has kind of veered into that, for me, that like Tim Burton territory where everything he makes is the Wes Anderson version of a thing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that all of his movies l- lately to me. Have felt kind of like that sketch, the Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders, the Wes Anderson horror film on SNL, where it's like, <laughs> I love that sketch, and I love the, and I love his movies, but it doesn't feel, I don't know how to explain it, but it doesn't feel like he's, uh, there's like a lot of passion behind it. It's, it just feels like, oh, it's
1: time to do the Wes Anderson
3: thing. If that makes any mm. sense at all,
1: I. That is a sentiment I hear a lot. Um, I I could not disagree with it more that there's, like, no passion or interest behind everything yeah. that he's doing. Because, like, late period Tim Burton, to use, like, the example that you're doing, there's just, like, no spark of life
2: in... Oh, he's just doing it for the paycheck.
1: Yeah, he's, in, in late period Tim Burton, like... Alice in Wonderland, like, etc. Mm. Um Dumbo,
2: Miss Peregrine. Yeah, It
1: it. whereas even, like, even the Wes Andersons that I don't like or don't enjoy as much, like, I think Isle of Dogs is, like, g- fine. Uh, I am very excited for the French Dispatch whenever that comes out, although that was, like, COVID delayed, so who knows? Uh, and Wes is one of those guys that I feel like will put the movie in the theater. He just has to wait for theaters to be available again. Yeah. hmm I, uh, I enjoyed Isle of Dogs. The
3: thing, and this is maybe dumb, but the thing I, I don't care for about Isle of Dogs is, like, I feel like by virtue of it existing and how it's made and what it looks like, it kind of cheapens Fantastic Mr. Fox a little bit.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, like, well, like, the aesthetic, like, yeah. Like, the S es- he had like I feel like the um Mister Fox is distinct because it looks like it looks super artificial and yes. which is Wes Anderson's whole thing. Like movies they, they look like the only like something that could only exist in a movie. Well, and he intentionally
3: um, animated he well he didn't personally animate it, but he intentionally right. had this film animated at a lower frame rate so that the animation would look off. So that it would look more, like, handmade, kind of, artificial. It
1: honestly feels very similar to the tactile way that, uh, I'm sure future movies of this very show, the Lego movie and Into the Spider-Verse feel, that, like, intentional, like, not fluid. Because, you know, if you animate on the ones, your movie looks like Akira, and it's just, like, beautiful, butter, smooth. Whereas, like, there's this certain, and it is, like, a strain of artificiality but it's not disingenuous artificiality mm-hmm. it it's right. there's i and i i've never been able to pin down exactly what it is and exactly why it seems charming when it's done so well mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. it really at uh, almost because it Consistently reminds you you are watching a movie. It makes the movie experience better. Does that at all make sense? That absolutely. <laughs> like, makes well, no. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, in the same way, like the Muppet. In the same way, the Muppet movie works in that you're explicitly you know you're watching a movie, and the yes. movie and the movie keeps reminding you, "Hey, shut up. We're talking about the script." Because remember, you're watching a movie, dummy. Yes. Um, but this movie also kind of revels in that. For sure. because you're not watching animals, you're watching taxidermy mm-hmm. that is constantly worrying that it's not animal ish enough, which is the central theme of the whole movie,
1: right? It, it's this, they through the lens of uh Foxy, as played by George mm-hmm. Clooney, Cloon Tang, um, <laughs> he it's this using the lens of uh an animal trying to become domesticated. It gets at this sentiment that i think a lot of real life married human men feel mm-hmm. you know am i well, yeah p- performing my masculinity have i have i sowed all my wild oats and am i truly now a part of this familial structure that feels so foreign yeah. to me am i is my very genetic code suited to the role of a domestic man and right. the, I think the movie ends in a, in a pretty like ambiguous way. Like, is this going mm-hmm. to work out or are, you know, are they just always going to be like running from the next thing and then finding the ne- you know, when the supermarket turns against them, you know, what happens then? And it, it, it all mm-hmm. feels so like emotionally honest, which is why I've always had a, problems with like you know people can feel whatever they want to feel and Vern I'm not telling you like what you said isn't valid but to me like even at his worst Wes always feels genuine it always Mm -hmm. feels this is me Wes Anderson I'm from Houston Texas but this is how I express myself in this weird like French storybook way and it's 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 never. He has big gifted kid energy. Me. Yeah,
3: I, uh. Uh, I I I use the wrong terminology because I'm a dumb human being. Oh um, no no no! no. Uh, and also no, no, because no, no, uh, I'm getting over being flustered. Um, uh, I I won't say that. Uh, I I will not. Say, it's not fair to me to say that. Like, there's no passion in a Wes Anderson movie. I'm not going to say that. But there there's still something and. It's a weird thing. And maybe it's a thing where just, like... Me personally have outgrown his movies? Or outgrown, like, some of the feelings surrounding his movies? Um, That's fair. Uh... Because, like... I I don't know how to explain it. Because, like... I look at Grand Budapest Hotel. And I recognize that it's a stone-cold masterpiece. I recognize that everything on it, like... Works on every single level. I I realize that it's almost a darn near-perfect movie. Uh... But for whatever reason, it doesn't do much for me. And I can't... And maybe it's just an outgrowing thing. I don't know. But there, I don't know what it is. And it kind of bums me out because... All of his
2: movies are about dealing with growing up and whether it worked out for you or not.
3: Mm, true. And
2: yeah. dealing with the after... Like, either you're about to grow up or you've grown up and you don't like what what's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. and... and and at some point when you, as the viewer, have grown up in some capacity, that just tension and topic just becomes less relevant to you.
3: That could very well be a thing. Uh, not that I've uh, grown up in any way. Uh, some, oh, no, oh, no. None some would argue have, the opposite. But,
1: uh, <laughs> but look at what you're doing right yes, now. look um, at what I'm doing But uh, right now. But the uh, the gifted kid energy does feel accurate to to me mm-hmm. especially given that like his second movie was Rushmore like a, yeah. a movie about the gifted kid who just like it, d- is in this <laughs> Texas world he doesn't understand mm-hmm. he cannot relate to anyone nor can he get out of his own way yeah. and nor stop doing what to. he's doing nor does he seemingly want to or like he wants to but not enough to actually go about doing right. it at the expense he, he, of he, 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 all the other things as a
2: child wants all the trappings of adulthood without doing any uh, without going through any of the emotional labor that it, that actually is required to grow up yeah. absolutely i mean which um... is i think the central is the central ch- tension to all gifted kids speaking as a former gifted kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: There's, I'm sorry. There's just a lot to process. Uh, <laughs> there's Absolutely. a lot to, uh, on, un, 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 unpack here. That's the term. That's expression.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: Somebody say something. <laughs>
2: oh. I don't know let's, what
1: to say. Do we want to actually get to?
3: Oh the, no! Did, did the movie? I get a
2: little too real? There? No,
3: no, no, no. Uh, you are absolutely accurate. I just uh, there's something about because Rushmore. Um, from Rushmore was uh, written by both Wes Anderson and a friend of the pod, Owen Wilson, uh, and I know they combined kind of like their experiences. To make uh, to make Max in that movie, um, and I think Wes Anderson has went on the record of saying that like he had a huge crush on one of his teachers, uh, and I think maybe Owen Wilson sure. had that experience of like having gone from a private school to a public school or something. And I think they combined those experiences, mm-hmm. and yeah. we've talked about this a little bit. Actually, we have not talked about this collectively, but Kevin and I have talked about this a little bit on uh, on Kevin that kind of, like, feeling of, like, every kid wanting to feel special and every kid thinking they're special and the uh, the appeal of young adult novels uh, because the young adult novels tell you, like, yep, yeah, you're special, you're a wizard, you are uh, the son of an art thief, you are this, you are that. Uh, and uh, there's a interesting thing that happens in Wes Anderson movies where the kid thinks he's special... And he is special, especially in Rushmore. Uh, and I don't want to say that that's like, I relate to that because it makes me sound like uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a pretentious asshole. But uh, and our school did not have a gifted program, but also I went to a private school. So the entire school was the gifted program. Mm-hmm uh <laughs> yeah
2: well no yeah no, it, 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 it's like a fish complaining that there's no water
3: yes uh and i had a little bit of that because I, I did go to a public high school my last two years of high school uh but there's there's a uh, there's an interesting thing there about that um struggling realizing you're gifted realizing you're special and struggling to fit into a world that is not special.
2: Yeah. Well and finding a... out that being like being like, oh, you're at you're actually like that you actually can deal with and process more adult things like just just three years before everyone else when you actually yeah. get out of the school system, that doesn't fucking matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. You are not then awarded a special prize for yeah. reaching that stage of development before everyone yeah. else uh you are you are not propped up as you are the divergent yeah. you you are yeah, no. the,
2: you, you don't get to go to a special class like once a week to learn about mars
1: yeah exactly there's no there's no adult class like take your grades off your resume like yeah. no one cares uh uh pull it all away and there is that like there is, when I say the word emptiness and apply it to Wes Anderson films, I don't mean that they are hollow or, or without meaning, because I find, again, even the ones I don't like are very resonant and, like, trying to get at emotional truths, but there is this sense of, like, adults or people that mature into adults early got, looking around and saying, is this all there is? is this is this it
2: it's about kids in adult
1: clothing like look at the adults in moonrise kingdom uh like how much each one of them in their own way is just like so depressed and, and and lonely in their own houses and and can't like get over themselves enough to like do get out of these terrible spirals yeah. or relationships. Or well,
2: or no, in. or Grand Budapest Hotel where the main character has this like high wild exciting childhood and all it ended him with was a collapsing hotel. A that collapsing he can barely hotel afford to
1: keep. and a a dead family. <laughs>
2: like yeah. that's all.
1: That's all it means. and even like our you know, eponymous hero, uh, uh, Monsieur Gustave H., uh, Ray finds in a role that should have won him sweet Oscar. Um, is like, he seems at an exterior level like the well pat, you know, incredibly groomed, magnanimous, well loved, like concierge of this hotel. Yeah, but, but also he... fucks all the
2: time. Yeah,
1: but he, he, <laughs> Fucks old ladies and like is well, that's
2: his choice. He has he seems to be living his best life and he's not.
1: But he's all yeah. He's also incredibly lonely. Like he lives in a closet. He has no family. You know the the staff like respects him, but he's not close to any of them besides Zero in the film. Oh and, shit!
2: And H- it's... like him living in a closet and then getting kidnapped by the Nazis might have greater implications. Oh, I
1: mean. uh, Possibly, you know. Oh, oh, and um, yeah, there's a lot going on there, and the movie doesn't shy away from like, is this guy gay? He sleeps with a lot of ladies, so like maybe he's bi, but like the he certainly has the trappings of like he. Well, no, but he's not interested
2: in in conventionally attractive women. He likes older women because he thinks they're Mm. more interesting. Bella's is it gay? I go to bed with all my friends. Fellas, is
1: it gay to have sex with a bunch of old ladies? Fellas,
2: fellas, is it gay to jack off to Barbara Bush? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ
1: almighty. Woo, not gonna something dip. about those
2: pearls. Not gonna do it. Not
1: gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna do it. A thousand points of light. Now, uh, as we enter <laughs> into our discussion of uh the fantastic mr fox because i think we've covered the wes anderson of it
3: i uh did not yes. intend to do this but i just now realized i'm wearing my steve Zizu socks
1: hell yeah dude. i had to
3: announce that on an audio forum i'm sorry y'all no,
1: yeah uh and and steve Zizu is a lovely little film it's a uh, it's the transition from the wes anderson of rushmore into the wes anderson of Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's like the the nexus point where we pivot. Um, It's where he finally gets to do the shots, the shot he loves, where we are on the exterior of a structure and we move from room to room. Mm -hmm. He does it in like everything. And it always reminds me of those like books you have as a kid, where it's like, oh, look at the ships, the sailing ships, and they have like a diagram oh, of yeah. the ship as if it's cut in half. That's what it always just like mm-hmm. immediately sparks. He, to he mind
2: loves that me. like that cross section style. He
1: of even says like in Life Aquatic,
3: he says, "Let me tell you about my boat." Like it even yeah. is set up like one of those
1: books. Yeah, mm-hmm. rules. Um, again, Wes Wes is not like on the same level as like an Edgar Wright for me. But I can and will watch every Wes Anderson movie that comes out. Like it is appointment viewing. If a F- new one comes out, I'm I'm there in the theater. I I gotta yeah. see what this guy's bringing to me next. And mm-hmm. most of them I've watched many times because uh, I I just find them so singular and interesting and funny. <laughs> but as we as we move into the discussion of Fantastic Mr. Fox, there are two questions I want to put on the table to see if we can answer in the next half an hour to an hour. The first is, is this movie for children? No. But the second question, uh, second part of this is, does Wes Anderson think this movie is for children?
2: Yes, because again, because of gifted kidness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, is he under the impression that turning this rolled doll... short book into uh, a nightmare about a family man who feels trapped in his own life does he think this is for babies was he making this going kids will like this i think this movie that stars talking animals but they're all like upsetting <laughs> like when they when foxy smiles it's like upsetting
2: it yeah <laughs> It's like uncomfortable. Well, no, well, no in, in the same way that like the Lion King movie proved once and for all animals cannot and never will be able to act <laughs> right. by keeping is... the horrible and like not even normal animal face, but the stiff, like filled-out face of a taxidermy <laughs> animal. <laughs> so it is even more uncanny oh, with their big just... glassy eyes.
1: It's just so upsetting. It's just, like, really... I find it funny in, like, how, like, uh, ugh <laughs> it is. But I'm just wondering when he's, like, making this, when he's cashing this blank check to, like, make his little stop-motion animated movie, is he trying to get kids? That's, that's a question that I will never stop asking in regards to this movie.
3: I don't know if he is trying to make a kids movie or not. Um, And I don't know if this is a kid's movie by design, but I my thing is, like, uh, I do not not have children. I never will have children. I can't even handle having a dog. Um, But if I were to have children, this would be a movie that I would show to them very early. Um, Because Mm -hmm. despite the themes involved it absolutely moves like a children's movie um the movements of all the characters the movements of of the movie itself is very broad it's all very funny like and you know a kid won't pick up on the subtext of Mm -hmm. not even the subtext of the movie the text of the movie uh but a kid would enjoy like look how funny he eats Look how funny it yeah. is whenever they climb the fence and get electrocuted. Like it, the, uh... the
2: ideal, the ideal audience for this movie is ten years old, where you're just old enough to start like a kind of understanding the world around you, and mm. you think it's funny that like instead of swearing, they just say cuss. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, which, which is an amazing bit, or like, oh, it's funny looking at these like animals and they're talking about like money and that whole like the the central joke of look at these animals thinking they're people mm-hmm. and isn't that weird it's uh that joke still hits you and the more resonant themes of oh an animal acting like a person would drive the animal crazy and make it hate itself that's the stuff that's for the adults
3: yeah it uh it feels like and i'm not one of those people that like Uh, I love the 80s or anything like that. But it does feel like kind of like one of those 80s children's movies. It feels kind of like a never-ending story or a labyrinth where it's like, it's a movie made for kids, but there's a lot of very adult themes. And one of those that like, Mm -hmm. you look back as an adult and you're kind of like, I watched this as a kid? Um, It it has a lot of Yeah, because it it, it
2: deals with death. Death is a tangible threat of the movie. Not like going to the shadow realm or some bullshit. But well, like no, this character could tangibly die. Fantastic.
1: Kaiba, we need to break into Borgus, Bunts, and Bean.
3: Well no, uh, no,
2: I, like no, that's actually Fox does like, not go to hell in, with in the Japanese version of Yu-Gi-Oh! They don't go to the Shadow Realm, they just die. And four yeah, kids exactly. thought, hey, that's kinda fucked up to show kids. Let's just sh- <laughs> say they go to the shadow realm. Hey,
1: Yug. They, that guy's got your god. He's wearing it around his neck. We need to steal your tail back, you hook. Sorry. Sorry. I know, <laughs> it's,
3: it's all good. Uh, we brought Yu-Gi-Oh into yeah, no, it. Like
2: Vern, <laughs> yeah. in the 80s, really before like PG-13 really picked up, Like death was a tangible threat to children. Yes. And then uh, it absolutely. stopped being so. Um,
3: This movie Indeed. does... It's Obviously, it's not a one-to-one here. Um, but this movie kind of r- reminds me of one of my favorite movies, which is Spike Jones's "Where the Wild Things Are."
2: Ooh. Um, oh. in that
3: is uh, that movie for kids? No, God, no. Well, Spike is Jones has went on the he's went on the record. He said like, "This is not a kids movie. This is a movie about what it's like to be a kid." and Mm. i think there's a lot of that same spirit in fantastic mr fox yes granted fox is an adult in this movie but also is he an adult you know what i mean like
2: again the central theme of wes anderson is children trying to be adults whether they're Mm. whether they're children or adults doing so and the notion of being an animal since it's historically associated with wildness looseness impulsiveness is very easily coded to childhood. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Forgive me, he's stuck in Arrested Development. Like, he is uh, uh, in this place of being. But you're right, uh, Justin, that it's like this filmography is uh, children trying to be adults, which is what kids do. Like, they're in such a rush to be on adult things. They like to do adult things. Uh, to, to feel like they are also, you know, like their parents. Um, mm-hmm. And they are in yeah, a rush, reader.
3: or in the case of Darjeeling Limited, they are forced into adult uh, roles.
1: Uh, it's movies role. about adults that long for the simplicity of childhood, and movies about kids that pine so hard for the trappings of adulthood yeah mm-hmm. the, it's it, they're always pulling towards what they are not because the worst thing that you can be is what you are exactly <laughs> what, you, you're trapped in what you are and you only long to be what you yeah. are
2: not god forbid you like yourself
1: Oh, that's out of the question. Yeah, <laughs> out of the question. You're Wes Anderson, and you grew up in Houston, Texas, and you f- you fl- you fled to Paris. You live yeah. in Paris now. God that forbid, is- you're <laughs> sorry, like a gently
2: Wes effeminate Anderson. kid who likes scarves and nice tea in Houston. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, just like you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry
2: I, I, look, sorry, you had to deal with that, Wes. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're. Dealing with it by making great movies, but still, sorry, you had to deal with that. Yeah, it seems it seems tough. Yeah, I'm sorry so you were called a homo because you wore purple once.
1: Yeah, I'm glad uh, we even kept it to homo and assumed homo was the word that was being yeah. thrown at him. Uh,
2: but <laughs> I mean, uh, among others.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, it was. Yeah,
2: no, it was like, uh, used by kids who hadn't in
1: learned the, the other words yet sure 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 uh but uh everything
3: Mr. gets Fox. to the midwest slower than it does like on the east coast and the west coast you know your stuff comes in in california and uh, los angeles and as, over time goes in, it slowly makes its way to the midwest so like in texas they were using just the term homo and california new york they were using the, the the bad word but it very slowly moved uh, its way to texas yeah. this is a joke for me uh, well, no, anyway, no. continue. It, no.
2: In the Midwest, they were still just calling you a witch. Like... This is true, yes, yes. Yeah. Lord knows we've all been dunked in a lake more than once.
3: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't wrong. There's a, uh, there's a Bo Burnham joke, uh, which... I won't say it, uh, but he's like, I had a nickname in high school. It was... And then the most of... One of the most offensive words you can ever say ever... Uh, and I think that speaks to a lot of uh, feelings that I most certainly had in high school. I oh, think
2: when when I was in sixth grade, I used to have like this, like I used to hang out with this like group of people that it wasn't like friends with, but I like liked being with. And they mm-hmm. slowly all just started distancing from me. And like after a couple months, I like stopped and we're like, "Hey, everyone's like kind of avoiding me. Why is it?" And I swear to God, the kid. Looked at me, took took off his glasses, and said, "Justin, they think you're gay
3: because you are, and and it's because like you're just different. You're not wearing mesh yeah, no, just because I a sleeveless shirt like
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, not even that. I was just I was I either talked not at all or too much.
3: I know, like growing up, I got it a whole bunch, uh, mm-hmm. and." I don't get it a lot now, uh, A, because I'm married, but also, like, uh, after I... In the process of growing up, I moved to St. Louis, and then I lived in Washington State, near Seattle. Then I lived in Salt Lake City, where, like, places where there's a a diverse, like, group of of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I still get it a lot, where uh, I'm speaking with two of my three friends that are males, And all the rest of them are females. Uh, and it's like, I'm not trying to, like, uh, be a bigot or anything like this. I'm not trying to play into traditional, like, gender norms or anything. Mm -hmm. But traditionally, uh, men do not like talking about how movies made them feel.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh,
3: I mean, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And,
3: uh, uh, whenever, like, there's, uh, unfortunately vast swaths of the midwest i say the midwest but probably all over the united states were like you going into like talking about a movie like oh my god that movie was so good i cried so hard people were like what the fuck's your problem uh and it's a it's a sad reality no
2: no there are unless it's rudy that is the one oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Smiths are allowed to cry at He's so little and he finally got to play the
1: game. <laughs> he sucks at he
2: sucks at football and everyone's okay with it. Everyone's okay with it? Like, I too I do relate to everyone acknowledging that I suck at sports. It's I could go pro if I wanted to, yeah! but I didn't. No, want that's to. actually wait, no, that's actually. The whole sentiment behind Rudy is just grown men who blew out their knees 20 years ago going, I still could go pro if I wanted to. No, the tar- I could go pro. I could do it.
3: The target audience for uh, the movie uh, Rudy is Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs>
2: uh, He's got
1: the VHS in yeah. that Roland Van of his. Well, yeah.
2: no, uh, I, or, I, um, or Goodfellas is just, it's nice. Guys just like hanging out. Guys just being
1: guys.
3: And yeah. then they you know, just forget up, the for
2: 45 minutes.
3: Yeah, you know, just chopping it up, you know?
1: Just <laughs> guys being guys.
3: Bros guys being bros. just
2: making spaghetti.
1: <laughs>
3: bros
2: being
1: bros. Listening to Layla. Hanging dudes from Meat Hooks. Just bros being bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like uh, both of those movies quite a bit. Especially Goodfellas. Yeah, but they're Rudy good is movies. a good movie. It's just as much as the I like to dunk really
2: on... Like- Like, it's just that the people who really like them are the worst.
1: It's a question that we ask on the community show that this shares a feed with all the time is, are the straights okay? And I worry about them sometimes because they don't seem to be able to express themselves. Uh, They say they don't feel emotions, but they're angry a lot. And angry is an emotion. Oh, (laughs) Um, absolutely. I feel like they're
2: getting worse.
1: Yeah, the straights are le- are unlearning how to express themselves, and I'm I'm concerned about the straights. I worry for like,
2: them. Like yeah, like their expressiveness seemed to have peaked in the '90s with like Tony Robbins. <laughs> back, like back Tony when he Robin. had like a direct line to the president.
1: <laughs> like the only thing they're allowed to be emotional about is Christ, and even then, if you go to a straight midwestern white mm-hmm. church service the yeah. men are not singing like yeah the women are singing and the men are maybe mumbling or they're like they've placed their they've cupped their hands together in front of their body and are respectfully standing there <laughs> while it's happening mm-hmm. like they can't even sing about yeah. The person that they believe died for their mortal
2: soul, like, like, They can't I, I, like, even the, be emotional a, a about that heartfelt, emotionally wrenchful story. That would bring any like, like expressive person to tears to recount. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you just they, have to grimly nod, but and they won't even sing it about
1: happened. it. They won't even sing about it.
2: And you know
1: what, like.
3: This is probably like I'm probably uh, keeping with a the church theme. I'm probably preaching to the choir here. Uh, yeah, but but y'all uh, and I uh, uh, I identify as a, a heterosexual male. As I said, I'm married. How to, dare you to a to a woman? Uh, but let me tell you all something. Like there uh, there's nothing like. Uh, especially, movies are the ones that get to me, but, uh, you know, song, TV, book, whatever, like, movies are the things that speak to me the the loudest, but, like, there's nothing like a good fucking cry after a movie has moved you, like, uh, for any reason, you know, like, uh, I might have been embarrassed that I was weeping on the floor of the mid River Mall Cinema after seeing Swiss Army Man. But I do not feel bad that I cried after Swiss Army Man. Uh, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, uh, expressing yourself and expressing these emotions that you have, besides anger, uh, is a f- good thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. I won't say who the person is. I won't say their name. But they're my fucking dad. And, uh... He he stopped seeing a uh, a psychiatrist that he had. Uh, and I asked him, like, why did you stop seeing them? Uh, and it's a psychiatrist that he had, he uh, started seeing after my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And I asked my dad, I'm like, why did you stop seeing them? And he said, I just got the feeling that they were just trying to make me cry. And it's like... I don't know. You were married to a woman for 25 years and she's dead. Maybe you should cry. (laughs) Like, (laughs) might do you a whole fucking lot of good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a very sad to me, uh, to see like this hyper macho, quote unquote, hyper masculine, quote unquote, like way of thinking where we Mm -hmm. can't be emotional, where we can't be, where you can't be moved and the... Uh, the only way we know how to express ourselves is with a Trump flag, you know. Yeah. Like it's a it's a huge against to a me. man,
2: an in, utterly inept uh, at expressing himself.
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: The straights.
2: This the is straights. happening on
3: our fantastic Mr. Fox yeah. podcast. And well, I'm okay no,
2: with no. It, here's the thing. This the like all this stuff still relates to it because because of the B plot with the kid who can't live up to his own I- <laughs> father's ideal. There's well, a, uh... I would say that it applies to to Foxy as well. Like, I think yeah. that
1: the these these are his, Foxy and his own son are characters that are struggling to find the ways mm-hmm. to express themselves. Well, so yeah. instead, they act out. Well, the, instead, with, with, they
2: with the masculinity depicted as wildness,
1: yes, and they Because they, they meet. Oh, because when they meet
2: the wolf, that like scare. Like wolves scare them. Like they may yeah. be foxes. But they ain't wolves. And wolves don't wear clothes. They don't stand on two feet. They're just animals. And when they see it, it scares the shit out of them. Because that is, in the movie at least, like masculinity truly unleashed. And they don't want that. Like, that's what, why they see it at the end. Because they see where their whole... Oh, what if we were just animals like we were kids... Well, then, they're not ki- people. They're not even foxes. They're just wolves. And they're not even themselves anymore. It's just as, like, identif- it's just as destructive of their own identity.
1: Yeah. I, I think the are the straights okay question does extend to mm-hmm. the fantastic Mr. Fox. These These characters yeah. that feel trapped in the expression of masculinity or wildness yeah. um, and mm-hmm. because of their inability to reckon with that truly mm-hmm. I mean Foxy is so determined to express his own masculinity that he destroys his entire community and gets mm-hmm. them all driven underground
2: <laughs> into
1: yeah. into the workings of the sewer system
2: well, no, the whole like, reason he gets the ha- the tree in the first place is because he wants to be more masculine than his dad <laughs> Right. My my dad my dad da, I'm seven I'm seven I'm seven fox years old. My dad died at seven and a half. I'm not gonna be like him. There's there's that, and then there's also like,
3: the 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 tree is choice real estate because it's so close to Bogus Bunsen Bean, and like, it's also part of his game to one up other men.
2: Oh yeah, which can, can we talk about how great uh, Michael Gambon is? Oh, as uh, Mister a, a man who is so is like pretty much perfected um british menace and dare 100%. i say also british masculinity gone to rot
1: yes yeah. if you if you need a stately intimidating uh british man oh no he doesn't have to Michael. be
2: stately just watch the thief the <laughs> the thief the chef his wife her lover he is the a brute. the cook the thief and his wife amazing. and her lover yeah yeah
1: yeah. Um he's he's phenomenal. I mean like I suppose pretty much everyone in our generation would know him as Second Dumbledore, but he is also <laughs> like really he's in several Wes Anderson movies. Dumbledore. He's in Life
2: Aquatic. Uh Dumble mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> uh Wes An- Anderson. Oh fuck. I would kill to see Wes Anderson's Harry Potter. Yeah, I would
1: reckon to say that would probably be pretty good. You know, it would be very like, different. He,
2: he, he, like only like the first one, the one where it's just kids hanging out in school.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I want to see like his completely symmetrical British boarding school version of uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh. Although currently I don't want to see any version of Harry Potter.
2: I, I, uh, oh my God, just imagine what he would make a pumpkin pasty look like. Oh, and it's
3: like, the, and the the. I don't know shit about Harry Potter. I've seen all the movies, I don't know anything about it. There's um, not much to know. It's a uh, it's a thing I just I just don't I don't get it. All the good guys say Harry, all the bad guys say Potter. Um, but that <laughs> oh. that, that train they ride like in, that. Uh, that you know, just make that train the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like. <laughs> yeah, the
1: Hogwarts Express, Wes Anderson style. He loves fucking trains, dog. Absolutely. He set his like H and M ad on a train. <laughs>
3: I love that. Yeah, the uh, come no, together the, the
2: kid, the kid has a train set in this movie.
1: Yeah.
3: He makes Christopherson
2: it's... sleep under it.
1: He loves trains. And I got to say, Wes, I agree. Trains yeah. fucking rule. That's you ever seen those great. things? We need <laughs> more great. of them. Yeah, exactly. We should, if we made trains better, we would use them more. So, like, let's make the trains better. I mean,
2: I take trains all the time. I'm in New York, baby. Mr. Anderson, please produce more train propaganda. We desperately Mr. need it. Mr.
3: Anderson. They should make uh, a Matrix starring Wes Anderson. <laughs> Starring Wes Anderson, yes. not Mr. not directed Anderson.
1: by, starring Wes Anderson, uh. Uh, and uh, you know since we're talking about Wes Anderson doing movies, there's that great YouTube video Wes Anderson's X Men, yes, uh, where they do the X Men in the style. It's it's a fucking Patrick williams joint, and it rules. Anyway, just just felt like it had to be said at this juncture.
3: I'm a big fan of his uh, Ant Man
1: directed by Werner Herzog. <laughs>
3: uh. Yeah, that's a good one. This movie is good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a good ass movie. It looks great. Uh, it means a lot to all of us. Like thematically, yes. yeah.
3: I uh, I'm having a hard time expressing it, uh, but it does mean a whole lot to me. It's a super good movie. You
1: straight fuck?
3: I you know I really am. Yeah, uh, I can I can advocate how good it is to cry, but I can't explain why this movie is good. Um, <laughs> it's the straight uh, dilemma. It, you know, absolutely. <laughs> No, this, uh, there's, 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 the, the movie is, is very dense with all sorts of the. I think it's, uh, maybe because, by virtue of it being an animated thing, it is, like, it is, like, taking Wes Anderson in Raw. It's, like, this mainlining Wes Anderson, Oh, yeah, kind it, of. It,
2: it, it's him letting him do whatever he wants.
3: Yeah, it's just, like, pure, unfiltered, like... With a Darjeeling limited, a Grand Budapest hotel or whatever, you know, like it's, it's cut with some baby powder or whatever. Like this is pure, just direct into the veins, Wes Anderson.
1: Uh, Absolutely. But it's great. He's no longer, he's no longer constrained by the, the bonds of the physical world. Mm -hmm. You know, he can, he can, you know, imagine like Camp Ivanhoe from Moonrise, but if he had been able to animate it and turn it into, Mm -hmm. and like blow it up. Uh, The closest he can get to achieving this stuff in live action is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, which, like, a a
2: good, like, fifth of it is still animated.
1: Yes. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And, like, miniature... He's the only person still doing miniature work. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: he's he's the one guy (laughs) who's still, like, using... Tiny
2: things. I think we also, I think his, like, his, you know, being an adult kind of sucks, but kids still want it anyway sensibility, is also helped with the source material, because if there's one thing Roald, because this is based on a Roald Dahl book, and if there's anything Roald Dahl hates, in almost equal parts, is shitty adults and shitty children?
1: Yeah, he fucking hates them like he he suffers no no right no, no one he doesn't like and like he, and, and, and
2: this movie which does like lift uh, dialogue sequences a couple t- just straight from the text adapts them better than any other role doll adaptation i've seen
1: yeah like yeah. Like,
2: like you know compared to witches james of the giant peach and uh, both charlie and the chocolate factories BFG, like, none of them they use the story beats, but they don't use the language. <laughs> BFG bitch. Uh, BFG. Well, yeah. Uh I didn't see that. Actually, no. The animated BFG movie also lifts a lot from it, and it actually works surprisingly well. Gotcha. Way better than the steel than the, like I don't know, steel like Spielberg directing from the Bath one.
1: <laughs> yeah, Spielberg Spielberg still makes good movies, but he only makes good movies for adults now. He doesn't make good movies yeah. for kids anymore. Uh, but his adult movies, like fucking like Bridge of Spies or whatever, good flicks. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, those are he, he good just, movies. Those are good movies. The last good movie he did for kids was Tintin. Uh, the the oft mentioned on this show Tintin
2: yeah.
1: uh, is a is a fun adventure film for kids. But for the last like decade, he's he's truly not been. Uh, fully able it, to, and, and to... in all
2: fairness, most of Tintin is, I I, f- I suspect is in some way just recycled Indiana Jones stuff to stuff, a certain degree. It, stuff it stuff definitely it ma- does
1: stuff that he wanted to put in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but George Lucas wouldn't let him.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, pretty it, much.
1: It it definitely has its own flavor. There is a, a certain carryover of the adventure element, but it it yes. it is not as like. It's not a shitty follow up. Oh, no, no, it's no. like a new spin on those same like adventure shit well, he yeah, did so like, well. Oh, Tintin for, at for the Tintin those comics
2: movies? were absolute. Were, were have to be a like it, part of the inspiration for the Indiana Jones movies.
1: Yeah, I would I would not be surprised if they had been familiar with that. Um, they they're directly from those like old forties adventure serials. Yeah. But there's a lot of different flavors in there. Yeah. Think but about when those forties adventure serials. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's cool this is a good movie uh Ooh. i i don't i know from how little we've talked directly about it it doesn't seem like it's a good movie it's a really good movie and, it's a, and you should watch it's it. it's an incredible movie
3: uh with the exception of i love dogs there's nothing quite like it uh it's uh mm-hmm. there it's so unique uh in mm-hmm. almost every single way it's a it's a it feels like opening up a storybook, mm-hmm. uh, which is great for the source material. It's got it's a Wes Anderson movie, uh, so it's already great. It's got a great cast. Um, oh my uh, god! Yeah, I've, it's George
1: Clooney and Meryl Streep. Absolutely, uh, They're only collabs with Wes so far, uh, which is weird. You would
3: think George uh, Clooney would be in, in more things that Wes Anderson. Yeah,
1: Clooney, would be in. but Clooney is also basically retired. Uh, because he, you know, he made uh, all that money from being a famous movie star. He sold his tequila company and is now like richer than God. He's the trophy husband for <laughs> the ambassador to the <laughs> yeah, UN. a human
2: rights advocate.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and so he basically just does movies only when something really interesting yeah. comes by. Because the well, last thing I saw too busy him in was
2: playing Gravity.
1: Uh yeah he's the oh he's a prankster that Clune he wasn't even like no I won't even show up for Oceans Eight like Clooney is not that guy um they specifically like kill him off in uh before Oceans Eight so that um uh, they don't have to I mean you didn't have to explain why he's not there just don't put him in the movie right (laughs) you didn't you didn't have to do that but whatever um Uh, I will say uh and I've not. I I thought this was
3: gonna gonna come up organically, and I'm kind of shoehorning it in. But um, go for it. The the way they f- recorded all the dialogue for this movie is they recorded all this dialogue like outside, so like the characters would feel like they're outside in the environment. There's a uh, there's a that's scene, wild. There's a uh, there's a scene like there's footage. Uh, that I, I think it exists on the Criterion, or you could probably find it you know on YouTube or something. But like there's footage of George Clooney. Uh, sitting on a four wheeler, and there's grips moving the four uh, four wheeler up and down to simulate like what it would be doing if you were driving it. And there's a boom mic uh, on George Clooney, and he's doing all his lines from whenever he's riding the little uh, motorcycle at the end of Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's uh, there's a scene in the movie uh, whenever Owen Wilson is talking about the rules of Whackbat. There's a a plane that drives by uh, in the distance and in reality there was a boat that traveled by and they picked up the sounds of the boat engine on the boom mic so like the animators are like all right we'll just put a plane in i guess oh um, that's so wow. great there's a lot of like so like with that this movie feels like earthy and organic but also when wes anderson calls you and says hey we want you to be in a movie all you have to do is audio work. It's all voiceover, and we're doing it in a house where we're all staying together. Do you want a two weeks paid vacation where you hang out with Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Edward Norton, like, <laughs> like you take it, Meryl's like you straight, go, like, it, Murray, like uh, and so uh, where's uh, that reality Defoe, show? Willem Dafoe? Yeah, can we have? That, I want to hang like, out with Dafoe. Uh, there's a lot of great stories of uh, Bill Murray talking about just spending that two weeks, just completely drunk. Uh, oh, yeah. but, uh, there's, 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 a lot of great, like fun behind the scenes stuff of this. And like it at like them all staying in a house together, recording all the dialogue outside while grips moving a move, a four wheeler up and down. Like it's got that kind of like gifted kids all working on a project together feel. It kind of feels like one of the plays that Max would put on in Rushmore. Uh, sure. mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it adds has to No, that... the...
2: no, no. It has that, hey gang, let's put on a show feel.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah. but also like with the texture of the movie, it's kind of like, let's put on a show, but, but let's put on a show with what we got and let's make it as good as we can. Like it feels very homegrown and it feels very small despite it being a stop motion animated film starring George Clooney. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know. It's just... A lot of things working, uh, It's I don't want to say it's like lightning in a bottle, but like it's a good thunder in a bottle. There's a lot of th- uh, things mm-hmm. working together before any work happens uh, in this movie to make it a unique texture and a fun little thing that's so different from everything else. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful little movie. Uh, underappreciated, I'd even say?
1: I would say so. Uh, even amongst, yes. like, cinephiles, I think this one... Uh, In both cinephile circles and animation circles, I don't hear this one brought up a lot, but like, this is a movie, this is a a movie nominally for children, where like, there's a rat bad guy who is defeated by our hero, but they like, take the time to give him a last wish and like, a eulogy for this rat that was trying to kill them, Uh, you know, and, and- you know he's just another dead rat behind a chinese food restaurant like they they give him his last cider and it's it's beautiful it's just a, this, a
2: tender emotional beautiful film this is a movie that when they say when a person says wow look at you you're glowing and they switch their head from like a plastic and like fiber <laughs> fur and glass eyes to just a solid plastic head glowing like a shitty Halloween ornament.
1: Yeah, they look like
2: those. <laughs> and, old, and, it, and it's uh, so cool.
3: They look like yeah, those old cool. hard plastic Christmas decorations. Uh, yeah. Something you'd see in the lawn uh, of the main character of our next movie we're going to cover, uh, but they uh, and it adds to that kind of like
1: old school kind of homey aesthetic to it,
3: and it's wonderful.
1: And yeah. it's I don't I just so appreciate when something is willing to go that extra step yes. and just be that much more interesting or special or unique. And this movie absolutely does it over and over and over again. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's been skipped over too many times and, Absolutely. and folks should check it out. Did this, was this up for best animated? Do we
2: know? It probably uh, lost to Pixar.
3: I, I, I mean, do not know. Sure. I feel like it probably wasn't, uh, which is sad. Um, while I'm looking oh, it up man. also, uh, bonus points for me, this movie has got not one, not two, but three Beach Boy songs on the soundtrack and they all fucking work. Uh, it's it's super great. This uh oh, the soundtrack
2: is incredible. This
3: film was really released, good. I didn't realize this film was released on my birthday in two thousand nine. Wow. Well, uh, uh, anyway, uh, it was uh, nominated uh, it for was, best animated feature. Yeah. Uh, it
1: was. Uh, it lost to Up. Oh, um, well, uh, okay. That's it, it. Lost to Up. It was up against yeah. Up. Coraline, another like interesting animated movie. Uh the <laughs> Thanks outcast.
0: Um, <laughs> <it> the
1: Princess <laughs> and the Frog. And The Secret of Kells. So that is actually kind of a That's actually best a really good year.
2: Like, that's a really fucking good year for animation.
1: It's a really good year, and it, it's one of the years where they actually nominated five
2: uh movies, which
1: I don't feel happens all the time. No. Uh well, yeah, well, well the, the year yeah. before
3: it the year before it there was three films nominated. Oh. Wally, Kung Fu Panda and Bolt. And Bolt was just like Jesus. Well we can't just have three nom- two nominations. We gotta throw something <laughs> so in
1: there. Throw something in there.
3: <laughs> Fuck
2: it. What's Disney cranked out this year? Uh,
3: God that was uh two thousand nine was the first year in one, two, three, four, five, six years where there was more than three movies nominated. Uh, prior yeah, to that, the was last 2002, yeah, uh, there was five films nominated for best uh, animated film,
1: and then uh, the... Spirited Away wins in that year. Uh, of and course. then the year after, there's only three as it films
3: deserved nominated. to. Uh, yeah,
1: but hey, Spirited Away was up against fucking Lilo and Stitch, so uh, that's tough. That's tough competition. Uh, and then um, a couple years later, they do it. A... Then they start doing it every year because Rango wins um against some pretty lousy competition actually <laughs> Rango Rango's up against like Kung Fu Panda 2 <laughs> and well, Rango the, all the camp- but I love Rango the Kung
2: Fu Panda movies are solid like it's it's actually most solid ch- franchise yeah they're all they're all
1: okay like for 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 what they're doing yeah. um but yeah it's up against that um and I love Rango. I would nominate Rango for a future episode. Of oh, I show. would right Ran- Rango. R- R- Rango is just cool. Rango's just cool. Um <laughs> but uh anyway, we're just talking about animated movies we like now and uh yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox is among them. Should have beaten up, I will say. <laughs> Should have won. I will
3: say like uh, at the time uh if you had talked to me about it, I would have liked up better, but as life is Gone on, and as I've grown a little bit more, like, uh, fantastic, fantastic, Mister Fox uh, holds more uh, resonance for me, well, and it's uh stood the test of time a little bit better, I think, than up.
2: Well, like I feel like up gets by mostly just because the first like five minutes, absolutely, and like, then and then the rest of it, everyone just kind of forgets. Uh
1: huh.
3: Uh, yeah. I I really loved up at the time. Uh, it. I mean. I, I fell off the Pixar wagon uh, uh, shortly after Up.
2: You're um, not missing uh, out. They've been in a dry uh, spell for a while. That's
3: what I've heard. Inside um, Out is great. Inside Out is great. Now Inside we Out. Well, it was like, uh, like
2: after Inside Out, they like that's when sure. it really started. When they did months when they started with like Cars Three and Monsters University.
1: Yeah, that's rough. I did uh I I I was shocked by how much I liked Toy Story 4. Me too.
2: It, it, same. But I
1: was really shocked that, by it. that felt like, like
2: an aberration good. more than anything. It I mean I could have, have, have been good. It should not have
1: been good. It's quite good. It's not like a perfect movie uh like Toy Story 2, yeah. but it is like uh it's really nice. I I think it's good. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no. Everyone can kind of you know, tell me anything that happened in Finding Dory. It was, like, one of the highest-grossing films of all time. But, like, tell me anything that happened. The octopus drives a car <laughs> in that movie. Uh, it's just... I don't know. It, I mean, they could never keep that streak going. Oh, yeah. It was... It was... It ever. It cannot happen.
3: Well, so and like, also that... Like... It, was, it
2: was all ideas they had, like, 30 years ago.
3: I was gonna say, uh... Wally, uh, a, a movie that I love and mm. holds a special resonance for me, uh, was the last of like the original five uh, right. that they pitched yeah. at that big, that famous uh, dinner table, uh, you know, meeting or whatever famous dinner, uh, and so like, and since that original five, like a lot of the folks at Pixar that were at that meal like either have left or got ousted because he like hugs too much. Well, no, well, that,
2: uh, <laughs> well that and um, Pixar used to have a much more distant relationship with Disney until yeah. Disney finally just had enough money to say, fuck you, we're just gonna buy you. And that's when all the sequels really started to roll out.
3: You guys want to hear a funny story about Disney's, Disney's relationship not, with not Pixar?
2: It's not an m b episode without us shitting on Disney.
3: Okay, so here's a funny story about Disney's relationship with Pixar. Uh, whenever I worked at Disney, I worked at the Disney Hollywood Studios, formerly Disney MGM Studios. And they realized very early on that they did not have a character dine at this park. Uh, and so that's that's where I worked. I worked at Hollywood and Vine. And they built Hollywood and Vine with the idea that the characters that you could meet were would be Pixar characters. Uh, and there's a, a set of double doors... Uh, the doors that separate like the backstage area from the uh onstage area i.e. the area where like co where employees go like the break room and all that shit and where the guests are and there's a set of double doors that are specifically built for Buzz Lightyear's costume to go through uh and they <laughs> built uh it was going to be Woody and Buzz and then Mike and Sully um at this uh at the or no is Mike, uh, Sully, and then, uh, one of the Incredibles, excuse me, um, but after they built this restaurant and they got everything prepared, uh, they realized that the contract they had with Pixar did not allow Pixar characters to be at meet-and-greet restaurants, and so, uh, for the longest time, it was just your Big Five, your Mickey, your Donald, your Goofy, uh, and then it became, uh, Disney Junior characters or Playhouse Disney and then Disney Junior characters. So Mm. whenever I was working there, it was the Little Einsteins and Jojo Circus. And then later on, like, Handy Manny and that pirate guy. Uh, So, yeah, uh, that's the relationship between Disney and Pixar that they had. Disney built a restaurant specifically so you could get autographs from Pixar characters. And Pixar's like, um, no. And Disney's like, oh, shit.
2: (laughs) Oh, crap. You watch Defunct Land?
3: I've seen a little bit of Defunct Land. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. I just—it's very yeah, interesting.
2: Uh, yeah, for, for those listening who don't know, Defunct Land is a really good YouTube channel that is all about basically documenting all of the failed uh, attractions at various theme parks, great... but mainly Disney.
3: Yeah, they have a great video on um, what was originally the Alien Encounter and then became mm-hmm. like Stitch's Alien Encounter. Uh, mm-hmm. A ride that was based on originally based on the movie Alien, uh, and people complained that it was entirely too scary, so they replaced it with Stitch, who's uh- <laughs>
1: I would say
2: yeah, even or, more dangerous yeah, or-
1: than the xenomorph.
2: Or their shitty uh, team club Videopolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's good. They have a really good video on Coney Island and, like, what Coney Island, like, used to be. Yeah. Um, And I think is And how many times Coney Island burned down, which is, like, plural time. Frankly, like completely... it's been too long
2: since the last burning.
1: Yeah, I think we're overdue. Yeah. There's not much left to burn. Fa- yeah, big uh, but failure,
2: Bill de Blasio, refuses to burn down Coney Island so he can rebuild <laughs> New York's it. a dead
1: city uh classic new york you know the ninja turtles can no longer run free there's no more porno theaters yeah. there's just it's a it's a dead city
3: it is. Um, Times square
1: isn't a haven of
3: filth anymore
1: yeah Times square is not is no longer the place you run fleeing from it's now a tourist yeah. trap uh de blasio's failed failed mayor you
2: would thank Bloomberg with the, uh... for getting the milfs out of Times square you think that with
3: the uh, the masks and everything, uh, the pandemic, that it would be easier for the Ninja Turtles to, to move around in the city. Well, no, because they think everyone much- everyone's no, in the just- foot
2: plant, so they're just kicking <laughs> oh,
3: everyone. Oh, gotcha.
1: No, so- it's, uh, it's just Casey Jones, actually. Oh, <laughs> It's just <laughs> gotcha. Casey Jones and his hockey mask. Oh, that's all I know about Ninja Turtles. We've tapped... <laughs> we tapped my, uh, Shredder, uh, Krang. Okay, there we go. Wrapped up.
2: <laughs> uh, Triceratons. All right, we're done. <laughs> Do you
3: think ten, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, uh, like, propaganda? Uh, all the bad guys in that movie, all, in, the, in the movie, and the show, and the comic, and everything, all the bad guys wear masks. I think mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is anti-mask uh, uh, propaganda, uh, I They're think... just trying to sell me on the
1: heroic journalist April O'Neil peddling yeah. Her yeah. fake news yeah. about the flip- <laughs>
2: mainstream liar April O'Neil,
1: lamestream news April <laughs> O'Neil. <laughs> oh, this has somehow been the ending of our podcast. no, because
2: we, we've talked about our feelings enough. We're just gonna go back to talking about uh, shitty things that kids like. Absolutely.
3: Fantastic Mr. Fox rules, y'all. Watch it. Uh, Yeah,
2: rules.
1: Go watch it. Worth the $4 rental. I'd say worth the Criterion purchase. Absolutely. The Uh, Criterion
3: purchase is great because you can watch the movie as storyboards and you can watch what Uh, it was before. You can see that footage I was talking about of George Clooney. Uh, You can see the original introduction that was cut from the movie. Uh, uh, Originally, the movie was kind of framed in the same way as the old... um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer special. Uh but instead of Burl oh, Ives. Oh, let me uh, tell you a story. <laughs> oh, instead, of, oh. instead of Burl Ives, it's the guy who plays that you know, the guy who writes a bad song. He's like, That's a
1: bad song. That's a
3: bad Solve song. The That's oh, the funniest part oh, of the, the ballad. That makes me Yes. Originally he, he presented the movie. Uh, you can oh, see that on the criteria. Zigzag, zigzag, and plus zigzag, like uh when you open it up it's a uh, the Criterion is one of those where it's got the DVD and the Blu-ray, and when oh. you pull that out of the slipcover, it's the map that uh, Meryl Streep's Fox paints. It's great. Oh,
1: the Thunder... Oh. That's beautiful. Uh, criterion yeah, uh, Collection. They're doing good shit. They do good shit. Uh, 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 they're it's doing a, good shit. Uh, I,
3: it's a beautiful yeah, it's movie. It's a great fall movie. It's a. There's a scene where they're all sitting there, and they're eating a turkey dinner. Uh, it's a perfect little movie to watch uh, this time of year.
1: I'd say so. If it's cold outside, you know, you got your warm blankets. Very you make yourself some movie. hot cider. Uh, and you just mm. watch Mol- Fantastic Mol- Mr. Molsome Wine. some Wine. A beautiful, a beautiful little film. Yeah. Uh, big, big recommend. Maybe, again, we don't do official rankings here, but it's like, you know, maybe not as good as the Muppet movie, but probably like my second favorite thing we've watched for this show so same. far. Same, same same it's my second favorite Wes Anderson movie uh right there between Grand Budapest and Rushmore um it's a it's a good little flick it's also my second favorite che- Wes Anderson
2: my number 1 uh. check it out folks
3: oh check it out God. folks
2: it's a 221
1: uh, yeah that's a high that's a high uh, uh ranking although i'm sure our other rankings would be different very very uh, uh chaotic otherwise uh, but yeah, uh, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. We're about to record another one of these for next <laughs> month, uh, so, which I think will have a different energy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, uh, a distinctly
2: uh, different energy.
1: Distinctly different energy.
2: Oh no, I we're gonna get like. super vulnerable talking about Ernest saves Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to get earnest. We're gonna get earnest about Ernest. Uh, so, uh, see listeners. Uh, This time next month for that, and see you boys uh, in a couple minutes.
0: (laughs) Peace. Was a splendid little fella fellow with from Grace and town. Say zip zee app zay yappy old Google gun. Well, like any little critter needin' middles for his <laughs> midlands. Well he stole, and he cheated, and he lied just to survive. With a doodle dum, diddle dum, die, dum, diddle dum, 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 zee dum, dum, Take now the colour in the scene Cause the valley lift the yoke name Bunce and Beans Now these three crazy jackies had a hero on the run Shot the tail off the cuss with a fox shooting gun But that stylish little fox was as clever as a wet Took as quick as a gopher That was half a racket. tail Now those three farmers sit where there's a hole for once a hill Singing diddle dee dum da duddle do dum And as far as I can reckon they're a up there still Singing zippy-zee-zappy-zai-yappy-o What are you singing, Petey? Just, just making it up as I, as I went along, really. That's just weak
2: songwriting. You wrote a bad song, Petey.